Okay, well. Oh, welcome to Let's Talk About It, where we are having conversations that make space to spread love, shed light, and celebrate freedom. I think at this point, the Lord is kind of laughing because <laughs> it's been a joke trying to get to this moment. Um, I think we were a little bit less lighthearted when we first started, but this is our second trial. <laughs> um, a little backstory. I don't want to give the enemy any glory, but I have tried so many times to sit down and and record an episode since the first initial launch, and it's been one thing after another, down to the point of like ruined laptop, like getting locked out of the building, all the things. Mm -hmm. So it's comical that the internet is failing us at this moment. So hopefully this still remains. But anyway, I am Amanda, um, and I'm here today with Lindsay Vidler. Um, She's a dear friend of mine, and... I really wanted this to be a conversation that allowed her to share a little bit about her story, how she got to this place um, with the Lord. She's also currently teaching a parenting class um, that my husband and I have attended recently, um, and it's been such a blessing to us. So I really felt like this was an opportunity that it could bless other people as well, um, and just really allowing the Lord to lead that conversation. Um, so let me start. Um, one of the things that I had actually forgot to mention in the first recording um, was I really admire the way that you value relationships and that carries over to your children. I think there's a lot of times where you see families that have multiple kids and they kind of get lost in the numbers. And it's very evident that it's intentional with each one of your children and the way that they're interacted with and the way that you love them each individually, the way that they need to be. Um, and that's just been something Um, I've kind of, not creepy, but like watched Lindsay from afar for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've just recently over the last couple of years gotten the privilege to really get to know her better. Um, So with that being said, what is the story of how you've gotten to this place and the way that even we've been able to interact most recently? Yeah. So I... um... Married my high school sweetheart. We started dating uh, when we were 17 years old. Um, He was born and raised in a very uh, religious home, in a Catholic home. And um, they also um, traveled a lot for church and were very, very invested in their church. Um, And merging lives with him, um, I coming from uh, not a very religious background. My mom was raised in a Catholic home, but my father not. And so um, Christianity was never a part of my upbringing. The church was never really a regular thing that we attended. But obviously, when you merge lives and decide to do life alongside someone else and you create your own family, Mm -hmm. um, you need to come to a mutual ground about how you are going to raise your own children in what context and what type of home you want that to look like. And so um, during the time of COVID, life felt pretty isolated um, and we were pretty... um, alone in certain ways. I mean, we had our network of friends and we still had family local. Um, but it came to a point where Russ was really, um, encouraging and urging me to seek, um, fellowship through the church and find a community within the church. And so we had decided, um, one morning to try his tabernacle here in Ithaca and, we had heard through the grapevine, they had a really good kidsman and obviously prioritizing our kids' well-being and a lot of our choices that we make, we decided we'd try. 
and coming through the doors for the very first time, it was very evident to us how this is a family church and how um, welcoming and um, just embracing us as we came um, in in our brokenness, in our lack of faith, um, in our whatever point that we were at in our spiritual journey, walking through the doors, we were just accepted as we were. And so it was very apparent to us that this was home for us um, and just fostering and meeting um new families, fostering those connections and just growing alongside each other in faith has just been um, breakthrough after breakthrough for us. So it's just been a really fun journey the past year or so. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's great. We also um, connect with a co-op program that's local as well. Um, we're both homeschooling our children. Um, as crazy as that may sound to some. Yeah. <laughs> when I first joined, uh, well, started homeschooling, it was actually the Lord kind of set that up for me prior to COVID hitting um, honestly, just a couple months prior. So that was such a blessing, but also, um, seeing that community grow, even within the church, um, even throughout the co-op there, I think there's over a hundred kids there, which has been so great. Um, but I think one of my favorite aspects that I've witnessed is, uh, people that didn't necessarily know the Lord Mm -hmm. really coming to that place of understanding. Um, and I think, one of the biggest things that has been challenged for me personally has been my parenting. All right. Well, (laughs) we got kicked off the internet, so we're just going to piece this stuff together, I suppose, and we can just be authentic and laugh about it. Um, But the last question I had just asked was, or had mentioned was the fact that um, through the the group and the community that we had become a part of, it's really challenging, challenged my parenting, mm-hmm. um, and in a positive way, obviously, but I think a lot of it was the fact that I was raised in a very, um, Baptist, uh, religious, mm-hmm. um, upbringing, which was very much, uh, children are to be heard or seen and not heard, um, very much a, um, discipline heavy mm-hmm. and for lack of a better explanation, I suppose. Um, but really like it wasn't relationship based. It was more so, um, there's consequences to the things. And if you do something, there's a reason that something bad happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've seen with this community though, is like the relationship with their children being so important as it should be. Yeah. Um, and so it was something for me that I really had to take a step back and be like, this is something that I want to address. Um, and going into the parenting classes even um, that you and Russ have done an incredible job with, but it's come back to um, we don't want behavior modification. We want yeah. the heart transformation. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is kind of a taboo topic even now with the community because we've seen in the world that we can go very one-sided with that and it be very relaxed and people not really have any sort of boundaries or discipline. And then you can go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, And it's really a matter of finding that balance and and what that looks like. Um, Where I I know well that you guys have really done a great job at getting to that place of balance, but what did that journey look like for you? Yeah, I think, like I said, merging um, two different upbringings and two different backgrounds and trying to find a common ground. I think it's taken a lot of vulnerable conversations between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you are married to someone and co-parenting alongside, or even even if you are a single parent, yeah. it takes self-reflection mm-hmm. and really um, 
being clear with yourself about your vision for the legacy you want to leave for your children and understanding that you know what we're modeling in our homes how we're acting reacting to things and behaving is essentially what we're passing along um and like we said in the parenting class um a couple of weeks ago it's easier to build up a child than it is to repair a broken adult and so i think keeping that in the forefront of our parenting as far as um being made in the likeness and image of god and that um, that relationship with our heavenly father should mirror our relationship with our children yeah. here. Yeah. And that's something too. Um, it's so interesting because this morning as I was reading, um, the word Ephesians six, four is something that keeps coming back, but I saw it in the passion translation this morning and it says, fathers do not exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of the Lord. Yeah. And, it was such a cool translation to me because I think so often we think like, yeah, we have to like obey your mother and father, right? Like we hear that one used a lot, but like how often are we um, really like correcting and and disciplining our kids with that image of, well, they need to fear me to respect me. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that really, if you're sparking anger in your children, like that's something that the, the word here is really clear in the way of, um, we're not doing so to upset them, but there's obviously you're going to have children responding in different ways. Um, but being gentle in that approach, um, and this fruits of the spirit coming up, I think, honestly, in the first parenting class, we really talked about, um, and we really, I don't know where it got lost, honestly, in the, the church community, especially Mm -hmm. of, we are showing our children that image of Christ and, if they don't know what the mother and father figure of that looks like through us, then how are like, what view are they going to have of the Lord? Absolutely. Um, and one of those things that I think it really brought me back to was, um, I think as parents, we can be like, Oh, but we've already like, we're eight years in or Mm -hmm. we're six years in or whatever. What advice do you give to those people that, um, kind of are in that boat of like, Mm -hmm but there's so much that I've done and I don't want to have, where do you start? Because I'm very much an all or nothing person. And that I think was the first thought I had was like, oh my goodness, now what? (laughs) Because you're undoing a lot of things. Humility is huge um, for everybody. And it's also important for our kids to see that as well and that we're learning and growing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But in addition to that, is there anything else that you would? Yeah. I mean, I would just say that for me as a 36-year-old, when I first walked into the church, there was a lot of baggage. There was a lot of unresolved grief and anger and resentment that I carried around in my emotional backpack, Mm -hmm. per se. And the forgiveness of the Lord um, for all of my wrongdoings and all of the burdens that I carried was readily available to me. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're five months or five years or 10 years into your parenting journey, that forgiveness and that grace is upon our parenting mm-hmm. journey too. And so if we good. parallel that, um, there's nobody that's not worthy of that, right? Yeah. So us and our parenting, we're worthy of that. Our children are. Um, and so we can even model that as an aspect mm-hmm. of like um, our walk in this journey of parenting. So it, it, that, that was like one of the first realizations for me. It was like, okay, I'm 36 years into this, you know, Mm -hmm. in my life. And I still have all of this, um, 
forgiveness and I'm worthy of that. And so uh, that goes the same for my, my parenting and, you know, my oldest is 10. And so we're 10 years into this and we're having revelations and new realizations and ways that we need to apologize and have all of that going on in our relationships daily. Yeah. And I think flipping that on its head too, of like, thank God I see this now for sure. Instead of it being this negative connotation about it. And for me, um, I, it's really, I struggle with giving myself grace. Those that, I mean, I think as moms, we do often. Um, but I think for even the way of, I mean, you and I've talked on the side, but like, honestly, like I started therapy, what, six months ago now, because I was recognizing I'm incapable of where I am currently of helping my children walk through life the way that I wish I could as an adult. Um, And if I can't do this in a way that's healthy, how am I to expect to be able to teach them to do so or for them to do the same? Emotional regulation being like the number one thing for a lot of us, I think, is it was a matter of um, I had the first interview with my therapist and I was like, look, or consultation, but I was like, look, this is my goal. Like I just, I want to be sure that I am not passing on things that I can fix myself so that it ends with me and my kids don't have to break that on their own. Um, and I think that that's another aspect of this too, that it's just a matter of in that grace. I think it's easier when you acknowledge like, look, there's things that I am not a victim to, Mm -hmm. like I may have been at one point, but I don't have to stay there. Um, And we talked about this actually on Sunday at church um, in regards to the faith and and allowing ourselves to move forward in that and just know that like, no, we have the victory Mm -hmm. with the Lord and he helps us to walk through that. What do you think that looks like for your own life personally? Like where's somewhere? Yeah. I think that the healing um, in in this journey that, um, like you said, with therapy and other ways that we can surround ourselves with not only accountability in our parenting, Mm, but just people that can come alongside us and share in our worries and our woes, but not allow us to victimize it. We are not a victim to parenting. We are not a victim to our children's behaviors, right? Um, Through his strength and through his wisdom, we we can be the powerful and influential parents that we've been created and equipped to be. And so I think having people and a community in that fellowship to come alongside you, support you through those things, whether it be counseling or a spouse or good friends or a co-op or um, your pastor, leadership within the church, whatever that might look like, but really we are not created to do this alone. And so um, having those people in your corner to really cheerlead you through things and and laugh about this, the stuff that feels so heavy sometimes and in the moment, but in hindsight, you're like, okay, (laughs) that's comical. Um, yeah. And just, and just share in this journey. Um, and I also think that the vulnerability in healing our past wounds, right? Because those are things that whether or not we realize it in the moment, um, we are, to some degree, a product of our upbringing and our circumstances and the different things we've been exposed to and witnessed to. And Mm so um, saying, no, this stops here, right? This isn't something that I'm passing on as a generational curse. Like I'm going to teach and show my children how to model self-regulation and encourage their emotional IQ and all of the things that they need to really function as adults and be successful in this world. During the first parenting class, we we really did a, a reframe on that and thinking mm-hmm. about um, 
techniques or ways that we try and extinguish behavior. As Amanda said, behavior modification, and we're really hyper-focused on a short-term goal of extinguishing something in the moment. But really, is that really encouraging and giving an emphasis to a long-term goal? Um, And so really sitting with your spouse or whoever can help you um, reframe those things and have that kind of accountability around, this is the bottom line. This is the vision for my family. And these are the ways that I need to work towards achieving that. So, yeah. Well, and that accountability is huge because I think one of the biggest things that we quite frankly, like battle in this world is the fact that we've gotten to this place where our children have become a burden Mm -hmm. according to the rest of the world. And that's something for me even that I had to transform my mindset on, not because I ever viewed, well, I guess I did get to a place where I viewed them in that way, which obviously like I think we all breaks my heart. (laughs) But at the same point, I remember we were watching something and John, my husband looked at me and he was like, that's you. Like, that's what you're doing when it comes to being home with the kids. Like that's your mindset. And like, at first I was in denial and then it sat with me for a minute and I was like, no, like you are right. I was, I felt like I was forced into a a place that I didn't ever expect to be, but I, in, and it, it was it goes back to this whole thing of where you can be standing and still sitting, right? Of where I was, I was like, yes, it's a blessing to be home with my kids, but at the same time, I was still sitting down and being like, but this isn't really what I. It's hard. Yeah. It it just if we're being real, like it's it's not easy every right. day, day in and out, not getting that um, even uh, just the gratification. Yeah. alone Absolutely. from your children, especially. And we have her oldest is 10 and, and my oldest is eight, almost nine. And it, we're, I feel like we're kind of shifting into that age where they do acknowledge and start to be more like gracious and have more gratitude about things. But regardless, this is another thing in the parenting class is like my emotions are not their responsibility. Yeah. And for me, I, my youngest looked at me one day and she was like, mama, I just want you happy. I want to see you smiling. And I was like, gut punch. Like, this is not your job, your responsibility. You shouldn't be worrying about this. But it was that felt like moment of self-reflection where I went, why do, why is she picking up on this? And what is it about life right now that just feels so heavy where I am not experiencing that joy? Um, And I think the reality of it is, is like, when you have a mindset of like, okay, when's the next time I can get rid of my kids and go do something or like this self-care thing, I I understand like needing to have time for yourself to be able to make sure, quite frankly, for us personally, that my relationship with the Lord is number one priority. Um, That to me is self-care. Yeah. And when we get to this mindset of self-care being, I'm going and doing X, Y, and not that these are bad things, but I think you get to that place where it's never enough. It doesn't ever feel like enough. And so I found myself in that place of that wanting that quiet time or whatever. And every waking moment was children. (laughs) And so being able to appreciate like, you know, this is a blessing of the Lord and I need to walk in this as if it's such Mm -hmm. and serve my children as if they are his children, because they are, I'm here stewarding them. And I think that, um, that balance as well of, um, not losing yourself, which also too, like biblically, right? Well, like, what does that actually look like? Because are we not supposed to, um, 
where do you think that the boundaries, I guess you could say in that way, come into play? Because that's new to me is like creating boundaries and in, in parenting so that I'm not feeling as though I'm completely defeated and some like sacrificial lamb, to be completely honest, yeah. um, especially by the end of the day or week or, or what have yeah. you. I think like you said, um, being intentional in our time um, in prayer and with the Lord and staying in the word. Um, I think that we can't invite the fruits of the spirit into the home unless we are diligent in our studies around mm-hmm. that. And I also feel like there's um, this balance around, um, you know, serving others and then also making sure that we're giving from a full cup. Um, okay. But we also, I feel like there's this, um, piece of parenting class that we we kind of touched on briefly. Um, but it was this reframe around, um, I'm trying to find the exact words that we used. Um, like really having an understanding that obviously the Lord has entrusted us, right? These are our gifts, that this is a blessing. Um, but not getting stuck in that mundane, like finding the joy in the struggle mm-hmm. and meeting them where they are, yeah. having people come alongside us where we are in this journey. Um, I think sometimes we can get rutted out and run down and then we're not giving from a full cup. And so just being sure to replenish ourselves yeah. in those ways and stay in the word um, and make sure that we're um, asking for help and guidance yeah. when we need that support. Um and finding that balance. And it's okay to, to structure in time away from your kids yeah. and just ensure that we're using that time um, to our benefit. So it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to structure in time and I need to carve out quiet 20 minutes. Everybody go to your own room and play. And then you sit there and scroll Facebook or you get in the word, you fill yourself up. Mm-hmm. And then you feel ready to tackle the rest of the day, you know? And so we have to be intelligent in our ways of what we're doing with our time. Intentional, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, even in all of that too, for me, like for those that are not at the moment believers, Mm -hmm. um, these principles still apply. Like it's still a matter of being intentional versus allowing the world to dictate what your life looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, But also as well, um, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking was um, for my kids as well, like I want them to also realize and to experience the way that the intentionality of of what they do throughout their day looks like. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me a little while ago and he, he would, <laughs> it seems so simple, but it was a matter of you're not going to find joy from your kids until you learn to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And I think the same goes for our children too, right? Like we can go about the day and like keep doing things just because we have to or whatever, but like learning to enjoy and find the things that bring us joy. But also as moms, I think that parents in general, I think we get to this place where, and he said to me, he was like, I I just need you to just be. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, what do you mean? But the reality is, is like who I am for my children is who he needs me to be for them in this moment. And there's such freedom in that, realizing that I don't have to continuously being this next version of myself in order to be enough. Um, And I think for for a lot of us, like just being is difficult. It's really hard. 
For sure. And I think that that's one thing early on in my journey, um, in my faith journey that you really encouraged. I remember you very specifically, deliberately telling me, sit in silence and just see, just, just, just feel him, feel his presence, just be in his presence and let him move, right? Like, don't let your own thoughts clutter, um, what you think should happen in those moments. And I think so often, like if we're going to draw another parallel, right? It's like, he wants us to sit in his presence. He wants us to seek that relationship and that connection. And our kids want the same from us. Mm -hmm. They don't want the agenda. They don't want, they don't want the parameters. Yeah. There's structure in the chaos, but they want us to sit on the floor and just be present with them. Yeah. And just be available, just be an open, willing vessel yeah. and say, I'm here. What do you want to do? How can I share and delight in this moment? Five minutes increments. Right. Like we don't need to, you know, throw the whole day out the window and say, whatever the kids want to do is what we're doing. But it's just this internal peace that we can have in those moments. And they can feel that, delight in it. We can share in that. There's bonding, there's intimacy in that with our children. And that fills their cup and in turn fills us, yeah. you know. That's so true. But that feeling has to come through our willingness to sit in vulnerability Mm -hmm. with him first. Yeah. And I think for me in that, like, as I remember specifically that season that I had shared that with you, there was such a new sense of awareness when you Mm -hmm. enter into that just being Mm -hmm. your awareness of where he is, where you are in relation to him becomes so much greater. And I think a lot of times like we miss what he's doing in our lives because or what the way that we are impacting our children yeah. because our awareness is really just zoomed in to such a perspective that we can't see beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and how often do our kids, some of the things that they'll say that I'm like, you, the fact they paid attention to that or it mattered to them is wild to me. Yeah. But also seeing that the Lord uses things and has grace on us yeah. in those moments because that childlike faith, like they're just happy to be there. For sure. That's all they care about. Yeah. And we, I think, place so much value and um, self-worth mm. in our productivity. And I so think that, true. yes, the to-do list is important, right? The bills have to get paid. The, the All of the, the pressures of society are upon us in these ways. Um, but we really can establish that measuring stick and our productivity and our successfulness. What does that look like within our own home? And how can we do those things in teachable ways and bring our kids alongside us yeah. and not say like, you can't be a part of this sort of right. thing. It's it's um, part of homeschooling, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself in parenting is an act of worship. And they can be alongside us in those um, kind of mundane pressures of adulting. But I do feel like there's also that um, being vulnerable in those moments and just saying like, okay, we can just be here. We can be present. Yeah. I remember when you first suggested that to me and it felt terrifying. I was like, are you serious? Like to wake up and just sit in quiet stillness? Like there's so much to do. And I have these moments to get these things done before the kids are up. And I know as soon as their feet hit the ground, I'm on and I have to be, it felt terrifying, but it has just given me a whole new way to meet the day really. And it's been a yeah, life-giving. How long do you think it took you to get comfortable with that? Honestly, I would say because I was willing and I was just like, this is something that I see working for her. I'm going to take that as like, 
you know, like a credible resources advising me. So yes, I'm going to do this. Um, I would say like two weeks, I think we can create new habits for ourselves and yeah. just be intentional in things, but we have to be willing. So yeah. Well, and it also too, it's so different if you don't see the fruit of that, right? Sure. But it's like when you give him that space, yeah. it's evident that he is using it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you feel like that did to transform your relationship with him? The peace, like yeah. the peace that it just provided me in the knowingness of it's not my burden to carry this this have I, I just felt so much pressure around schooling them properly that they had to be, you know, the laundry, the dishes, like all of the pressures of um, homesteading and homeschooling and being a good wife and stewarding everything. It just felt, um, it would literally bring me to my knees sometimes. And I just felt it was such a heavy burden and there was just such a peace on it and such yeah. a grace on all of that, that it was like the perfection, that facade mm-hmm. of perfection it really crumbled. It was like, you don't have to have it all together. You don't even have to look like you have it all together. And kids are kids and we are flawed, um, but there's grace in that. And there's um, forgiveness in that. There's repentance in that. You know, there's all of these different things. And so the peace that surpassed like my own understanding about it, just, I feel like invaded my home and interactions have just felt less stressed, less strained. It felt like a far less, um, me nagging and harping and constantly redirecting and telling the kids what to do and how to do it. And it just was the trust that he's got this. It's so interesting because I, what it brings me to is you essentially are giving him your first 10% of your day, Mm -hmm. right? Your tithe. And we talk about this for those that are not in church or reading the word or what have you, but the tithe means 10%. Um, And so I remember when I first started tithing and I'm bring this a parallel even to the finances, Mm -hmm. you then are underneath this umbrella where it's like, he's got this. I don't have to worry about it because I know like he, I can trust him and how that then pertains though to like everyday life. It's not just your finances, the tithing your time and allowing him to be like, look, like I'm giving this over to you and aligning yourself with his heart really is, I think is what it comes down to is you, you then are like in the same heartbeat as the Lord and Allowing yourself to, again, that awareness the first time of the part of the day of being like, okay, I'm listening for your voice and your instruction and being led by your peace. And one of the things I think we've gotten so wrong in this country specifically is the way we rush through our life. And I can tell the days that I have like packed in way too much because it's just a disaster. And obviously sometimes that's unavoidable. But the reality of it is, is I have to remind myself, like, that is a me issue, not a them issue. Yeah. Um, And I think it's really easy sometimes to put that on our kids as expectations and what have you as well. Um, But again, like, even paralleling some of this to, like, our spouses and relationships. Well, we got a lot further that time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were just talking, what I was had started to say was... um, even paralleling that to our relationships with our spouses and how just being Mm -hmm. with them, even in relationship, that seems to be something that it's just so, it's so interesting to me how we kind of put our kids to like this level of expectation, not only for them, but also for us, um, that we don't really put on anything else in life. (laughs) Um, and even in marriage, I mean, 
I think one of the things I have had to learn is that just being is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also would encourage those that are listening, like if being just being is uncomfortable for you, yeah. press into that because there's probably more there underlying sure. in um, why that's so uncomfortable. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of that was internal work I had to do in the beginning. Um, well, I say the beginning more so like the beginning of the year, (laughs) quite honestly. It's ongoing. Um, Yeah. Because when you get, I remember we went to a women's encounter conference um, and you were, we were by ourselves in a room for two days. And I remember walking into that room and being alone. And I was like, okay, like I'm trying not to have a panic attack and run away or find somebody to do something with. But like, this is like, you're coming face to face with all the the feelings and the emotions and the things yeah. that you can busy yourself to avoid for so long. For sure. um, and I think that that goes even into like our children um, of expecting them to like do that next thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things for me personally, I have seen, I have expectations on my children at times that don't belong there, mm-hmm. but also they are again, self-reflection of something that I have been insecure about or that bring me back to a place where whatever they're feeling or experiencing or walking through is then again, something that I have walked through and haven't actually dealt with. Yeah. And I think through this parenting class, like the refining process and Mm -hmm. actually, you know, really taking a look at our knee-jerk habits and the ways that we are reactive in certain ways that not necessarily even bad, right? but it's like, what is that actually, what message is that actually sending to the child? So even as you're just talking about this whole busyness and distraction, right? When our feelings start to bubble up and we start to feel emotional about something, or even just in order to place value on our own lives, we busy ourselves mm-hmm. and we want to accomplish the to-do list and all these things. And I was just thinking about how so often when a child's hurt or going through an emotional experience, we truncate that for them. You know, we abruptly abbreviate and say like, oh, but look at this over here. Or if you stop crying, I'll give you the candy (laughs) or whatever that is. But we're busying that emotion and we're moving them through that quickly because it's uncomfortable for us. But really we were given emotions to help communicate. And so when kids are expressing those things, it's our job to really meet them where they are help name those emotions for them, um, give them the language that they need to be emotionally intelligent adults, sit with them in that discomfort. And really, even in our own discomfort, God doesn't always just remove the barriers and make life easier for us. Mm -hmm. He'll just be there as the steady foundation. In all reality, I actually think that in that, it's him I have felt closer to him in the moments where there was something painful happening that wasn't just being removed. Absolutely. And so where are we actually removing that opportunity from our children with us because we're just hurrying them through something that maybe is meant to grow in one way. And I'm not saying that the Lord puts anything on anybody for that purpose, um, but it's definitely something Certainly, yeah. that is when we hurry them through yeah. their feelings, yeah. and we're not really capitalizing on that teaching opportunity in that moment to right. say, "Hey, I'm here. I'm coming alongside you in the struggle. I can't take it away, but I can help you problem solve. I can yeah. listen. I can be empathetic to your circumstances, and that is mirroring." And I think a lot of times for people too is, at least for me personally, um, 
I tend to not know the or in the past, haven't had the tools yeah. to help navigate that for myself yeah. even, um, or with them. So it feels very intimidating. So it like sure. almost is that like fight or flight response to where it's like, I don't know what to do with this. So it's like, I'm going to run away or I'm going to get upset about it. Right. Um, again, working through situations that are not necessarily healthy. Um, but I think as well, I've even heard in the church too, like, we have to be careful when it comes to the emotional side of things because I think a lot of times, um, yes, we know we're not acting on emotion. Like we don't want to make decisions based off from emotion or stay in our emotions to allow that to dictate life. But like Lindsay had said, the reality is we were given those emotions. They're a tool. Um, and I had actually heard recently um, someone was explaining our emotions like a security system in a house. Mm-hmm. And it was such a good analogy that I will never forget, but it helped tremendously of where we have the ability to completely unplug that. And then you've left yourself completely vulnerable and not knowing what to approach or how to approach it um, because you have literally no guard at all, no filter, or you have situations where you've had essentially like a window left open for a long time and the alarm has continuously gone off, but because you haven't addressed that, mm-hmm. um, you can't focus on the next thing yeah. and, and just however you want to look at that. I'm sure there's a lot of revelation that can come out of that analogy, but, yeah. um, it helped so much to be like, wait a minute, like, yeah, I had this experience happen and it triggered some emotion in me. And until I take a second to actually process what that is and why it's there, it's going to continuously become a thing. Um, I know we talked recently, um, for, I'm sure there's quite a few that don't know, but my son had RSV when he was two weeks old. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was in a, a situation where, uh, I had a ride to the hospital with him in the back. I couldn't touch him, nothing for an hour from one hospital to the next. Um, And every maternal instinct going off Mm -hmm. and him screaming the entire way, no one assisting him. And so it was all sorts of things. And then we get there and the nurse made a a very vile comment that in turn left my emotions feeling invalid. And, um, But the reality was, is even through a conversation with Lindsay, I didn't realize that that experience for me created the crying of my children to trigger a trauma response, essentially. Mm -hmm. And it really, when I had that revelation of like, oh my goodness, like I had kind of disconnected myself from being able to process this properly from that experience. Um, but now that that awareness has come, like it's putting in the work and that realization and you can be way more intentional over situations moving forward. Um, and so I, like I said, even before, like the encouragement to take those moments and realize like, okay, why is this, why am I responding in this way? Not shaming yourself, but just being real with the reality of what that looks like. And we talk in the parenting class about how responding versus reacting. Reacting is like that knee-jerk response, right? It's kind of the habitual and some of it's rooted in trauma like Amanda's talking about um, where we shut down and kind of dissociate and we just put up a wall and we're guarded um, or we can become angry, whatever that response looks like. But initially when we start actually responding to our children's emotions with a more thought out, deliberate, 
response and connecting with them in that, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's not going to feel like the comfortable thing to do, but it shouldn't. And that's where leaning into that discomfort and saying like, I understand, but I'm forging a new path. Mm -hmm. And um, we kind of have that analogy of like, um, even Pastor Chad talked about it in Sunday sermon, like the soil that we're planting these seeds and what's underneath. It's like, Kind of that analogy of okay, we could just mow over the weeds, but the roots are still yes, thriving under the yes. soil. Yeah, and that's we could just plow through the ground and like mow over the over the weeds, but they're always going to come back, and they're going to yep. come back tenfold in full yeah. force. And that's the generations that it's going to so, continue to impact. So cool because you reminded me of a. Um, I heard something um, by a worship leader probably almost a year ago now, but she was talking about this analogy where how with a weed for us internally. And she gave this visual of it coming up from internal, like from our stomach, our spirit, right up to our throat and it feeling suffocating when there's a root system that needs to be removed, how that feels so suffocating versus, um, if it's a thought in our thought life, that's not actually a root, it is a lot easier to hold up your shield and combat that. Mm -hmm. And so once you do that work, to get that root uprooted, yep. you th- it then becomes just, oh, well, this is coming in as a thought and it's mm-hmm. so much easier to identify and to combat in Right. It's that no way. longer inside you. It's no longer living inside of you. Right. It's, it's no longer choking the life out of you. It's just a circumstance that you're acknowledging. Yep. You're saying, okay, I'm feeling this or I'm seeing this. I'm noticing this. Yep. I'm being clued into this, but you're not being, your emotions aren't hijacked in that moment right. and you're not reacting out of a place of- right trauma before the past Sorry. circumstances. So yeah, it's powerful. It's, it's work. And that's where I say, again, the community, like you, you can't do this work without <laughs> reflection. And so yeah. having those people around you to support you in that. Is- Absolutely. Well, and I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is the fact that we are all still a work in progress for sure every single day. Yep. And so even us having this conversation, it is not because we have sat here and perfected any of it, not even close. Um, And quite frankly, we were talking recently as well about the value of having relationships where people are going to challenge you and how important that is, even especially in your parenting. Um, And I think that we tend to like shy away from conflict at times, but including our children, it's so important for us to press into that at times as well. Obviously use wisdom in that because there are some situations where that's not the beneficial route. Um, but the, the conversations that are worthy of that, um, really there is such fruit on the other side that brings such deepening in relationship. And I think that that's one of the things that for me personally, I don't shy away from that anymore because I've seen time and time again, the joy and the deepening of that relationship that's on the other side. So to me, it's worth the work. Yeah, and we were just talking even about how we can either trade, what was it, the temporary discomfort for long-term, trading long-term dysfunction for temporary discomfort in those conversations yeah. and having those difficult conversations. And I know you and I have also talked about, it just brings to mind about how we have to connect before we correct. And that mm-hmm. applies that we need connection with our Heavenly Father before we hear His correction. Yeah. We need connection with friends and relatives and family before we can hear their correction right. and, and have that ability to hear, okay, this is, this is coming from a loving place. They're noticing something about me that's not benefiting me or my life or my salvation or my relationship. And 
uh, with my heavenly father or whatever that may be, but right. that we have those deep connections that we can hear people correct us out of a place of love and same for our children. We need to have that connection with them so true. and then they can hear our correction. Yeah. And so we try and encourage that even, um, and just saying like, no, if we have that loving, they, they see our intention behind it. So yeah. we're not just there to tell them what to do and how to control them. We're there to love them, right. steward them and show them the way to truth right. and light and love and happiness. And circling back around, like that's exactly yeah. where the building a relationship with your kids is so important because yeah. without that relationship with them, we're just clanging symbols at this point. For sure. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> It's not, that's not something that they're going to internalize in a, in a, in a happy and fruitful way. So, well, I appreciate all of you guys that have joined us in this conversation. Um, I just thank you, Lindsay, for opening up your wisdom and the grace that you have on your parenting, but we hope you all have a great week. We love you.